Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. business, you should be generating between 30 to 45% of your turnover from your email flows and campaigns. If you're not seeing this kind of return, then you're going to want to listen into this week's episode where I'm chatting with Hannah Spicer, email marketing guru, about the mistakes businesses are making when it comes to email marketing and what is working for product businesses. Hannah, delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, tell me a little bit about how you got into what you do now and what you actually do. I started my career 20 years ago, just aging myself, at Harvey Nichols. And I started there as a kind of intern within the PR and marketing department. And it was my job to send out the clothes to all of the magazines who were, you know, if they said, oh, we're doing a shoot on ruffles, I had to go around the shop floor and select all the pieces. So started off as an in-paid intern and worked my way up in that department. And as they started to look at e-commerce for the first time, I got really involved in the project. That was the start of my journey into email marketing, really. So I've got a kind of generalist background of working on e-commerce websites and across all of the digital marketing channels, including email. And then for the last seven years, I've specialized just in email and CRM. So I've done that in-house at other brands, including Stella McCartney, De Beers, Monica Vinader and Kurt Geiger. And then four and a half years ago, I started my own consultancy business to work with brands in a similar space. So premium and luxury, fashion, beauty, lifestyle brands, but, you know, on a smaller to medium scale, helping them to optimize their email marketing, essentially. So you've been involved in a lot of emails since over these last few years. So you're very well positioned to answer one of my first questions for you, which is what mistakes are people making with their emails? Yeah, so I think one of the most common ones is that people aren't emailing database actually often enough. And a lot of business owners and marketers say, I don't want to bombard my customers. I really don't want to send too many emails. That's a big mistake. You do need to be sending regular campaigns. And bearing in mind, some brands are emailing their database every single day of the week no exaggeration so just know that there are some brands that are doing that probably the average across those bigger established brands is three to four times a week so it's absolutely okay for you to be emailing once a week say for most businesses that's a good kind of place to start it does depend on your product type and how many products you have and how often you have newness and lots of other things but Don't be afraid to send regular emails. It's really important for helping you stay top of mind. I think another one is making sign up to your email too hard. I'm a really big believer in asking for the absolute bare minimum in your sign up form. So it should just be asking for your email address initially. You can add stepped forms so you could get the email address and then perhaps ask for name and birthday on the next one or ask for kind of preferences about what they want to hear about on the next tab. 
but don't ask for too much information up front because you'll potentially put people off. Another one is making the kind of most important thing about the email, how it visually looks. And I think this is especially a challenge for those more kind of premium and luxury fashion brands who are obviously, you know, brand and visual is very important. But what this can often lead to in the world of email is that the whole email is an image. And then when someone's images are slow to load or they're switched off, they see absolutely nothing except an unsubscribe link. So emails don't have to be full. It's more important that someone can actually see what the email is about if their images are switched off. So there needs to be a bit of a compromise between commercial and and content there. Two more. Um, So one is not having enough automations in place. Automations are emails that you essentially set up and then they will run in the background for you and they're triggered by something the user does. So one that probably everybody is familiar with is an abandoned cart email. Some brands don't do these at all. Some brands have a couple, but they're not really focusing on them because they're busy with all their other channels and, you know, getting their campaigns out the door each week. It's really important. Automations are so, so valuable because they are more targeted and more relevant so they get higher open and click and conversion rates. So they should not be neglected. And if you're doing campaigns and you've got automations running as well, that it's good to have a kind of ideally a 50-50 split between the two in terms of how much revenue they're each driving. So don't leave that money on the table. Definitely focus on those. And I think the final one is there's a really big focus on brands paying a lot of attention to acquiring new customers and getting that first sale. So when that comes to emails, it might mean that they're really focused on the abandoned cart emails, the abandoned browse emails, but they might be neglecting the post-purchase emails or the win-back emails and the retention emails. So they're really focused on driving a sale, but then they don't really look after the customer and drive their lifetime value afterwards. And that's something that email is so good for doing. So I think that's really important and that often gets neglected as well. So if you could give me an example of what a good retention email flow would look like and that that win back side of things, I think is really interesting because I don't often see it. There's only one brand recently who I've bought from and then haven't repurchased since who have checked back in with me. You know, it's not an often occurrence. So can you give an example of what might be a good retention or a win back flow? Yeah, for sure. So I think, as you said, like the whole point of a win back flow is if someone has shopped with you before and then they don't for a period of time, and this will, that period of time will depend on your product and your business. So for an apparel brand, it could be, you know, four or six months. For a furniture brand, it would probably be a lot longer. But really, you're trying to reach out to them and communicate to them in a relevant way as possible and bring them back to shop with you again. I always when I'm working with my clients, I always suggest that first of all, we reach out with that full price message. That here's what you've been missing. Here are some new arrivals on the site or here are our latest bestsellers this season. A reminder of what they're missing by not kind of engaging with the emails and, and clicking through to on the site. And then you can follow up, let's say a week later with a much more targeted message, which is something along the lines of it's been a while since you've shopped with us as a valued customer we'd love you to discover our you know latest arrivals here's a limited time offer 
Um, so you can give them a completely unique offer code that they can't share. They can't use more than once. You can then follow up with a reminder email when that's about to expire. So it's it kind of creates that sense of urgency. It gives them an incentive. And you can also show them personalized product recommendations according to what they've purchased before and what they browse on the site. You can pull in their name, obviously, to that email and that subject line. And then you can do clever things like you could tier that offer in that win back flow. So if someone shopped with you once before and you're trying to win them back, you might give them, let's say, 15% off their next order. If they've shopped more than once, you might want to increase that to 20% because it's always going to be more cost effective for you to reactivate a lapsing customer than to acquire a new one. So how can you kind of give them a really warm incentive, get them back, explain the reason they're getting the incentive. Hopefully they shop with you again and you can then build that repeat purchase and that loyalty back up. And with abandoned cart emails, because I hear different things with this, how many should you send and what should the frequency be, in your opinion? Yeah, so for most clients, I see that initial email going between two and four hours after they've abandoned their cart and then a follow-up email about a day later. The reason being is if they were browsing at 2 p.m. one day, hopefully at 2 p.m. the next day is going to be a good time to kind of hit them again with a reminder and get them to come back. Really, you need to look at the metrics of those emails. So if you're getting a really strong open click and conversion rate on that second reminder email, you can then probably afford to send a third reminder email. So it does depend on the performance of those. Most clients, I'd say two is enough. The other reason you might want to include a third email is, one, if it's more of a kind of considered purchase. So if it's like a big item or it's a big price point, you might want to give them a bit more time and contact them maybe two or three days later to just say, you know, if you've got any questions, just a reminder, this is here. We can't save it in your basket for much longer. The other reason is if you're giving an incentive in that second email, like an offer code, you might then want to follow up with, you know, your offer code expires in 24 hours or something like that. So those are two good reasons that you might have a third email in that flow. Would you say do the offer in the second email or wait until the third email to do the offer, like the offer and the reminder? Yeah, so my approach generally is put it in the second one, but I only put it in a flow for someone that's never shopped with you before. So I would always split the abandoned cart flow out. And if someone's shot with you before, they don't get the incentive because you don't want to kind of teach people to deliberately trigger that and train them to only buy with a discount. But if they haven't shot with you before, the idea is, you know, that first email is a reminder they might have genuinely got distracted. The second one has the offer and it's that kind of, you know, probably be the same as your welcome offer. So they would have had it anyway. And you're kind of trying to get them over the line for that first time. Are you ready to scale your e-commerce store? Want to do it without having to wear yet another hat and become a digital marketing expert? This episode is brought to you by Neon Digital Clicks, the paid traffic partner for family and women's e-commerce brands wanting to scale their stores from five-figure to six-figure months using Meta, Google and Klaviyo marketing services. Neon is offering listeners a free scaling audit worth £3,000. So whether your sales have plateaued or you're looking for growth, this is a great opportunity to lift the lid on your business and identify where the opportunities are hiding. Head to scalingglow.com to discover just how much revenue you could scale your store to this year. And what are your thoughts about ways of getting people to sign up to emails without the discount? Not with, you know, like what, what are the other lead magnets people can use without always offering a discount? Yeah, so I'd say I still think a discount is the most effective way. And I think 
even again if you're a premium brand you can do that in a premium way so some of it's about wording it can be a welcome gift it can be a welcome offer I wouldn't ever kind of I'd avoid using the word discount for those kind of brands you can do other things so it can be a monetary value so it could be 10 pounds off with a minimum spend it could be free delivery it could be entry into a prize draw it could be exclusive access to black friday so i see a lot of brands building their database in the lead up to black friday and saying you know by signing up you'll receive our offer email first kind of thing so you can use other incentives but I generally would recommend a welcome offer because it tends to drive the best sign up and it also drives the best kind of conversion to get them to become a customer in the first place, which is what you want. So I still think it's worth. And if you were launching a brand and you're building your email list and you don't have yet, how, what are your recommendations for that in terms of building that list right from the beginning when there's nothing really Mm -hmm. they can shop yet? Yeah, so I think if you've got any kind of holding page for your website that's coming soon, and hopefully you do, there's a sign up on there. And really talking about, you know, if you want to be the first to know, create that kind of buzz and excitement. I also think same for social media. So if you're you're already on Instagram, if you're building that page and that community to also drive people to sign up on there. And then I think also to remember anything you're doing in person. So any trade shows or anything you're doing in real life, whether it's pop ups or whatever events those are to make sure you've also got whether it's just an ipad or people can business cards anymore (laughs) people can put their business cards in a bowl anything you're doing thinking about how can we start to capture those email addresses and build excitement once you've then got your site live and you're starting to drive people to the site via your other marketing channels like social media pr influencers affiliates all of those kind of top of funnel channels the database will build as people are coming because you'll have your pop-ups and you'll sign up on your footer and, and it will build that way. And for people that are new to email marketing, what are the KPIs that they should be looking at? Yeah, so there's quite a lot. I will say the beauty of email, I think, is absolutely everything is trackable. So you can see who received your email, who opened it, who clicked it, where did they click, who bought from it, who unsubscribed. Absolutely everything is trackable. The probably the most important metrics are those kind of initial ones. So open rate is really important because if someone doesn't open your email, they're not going to take any of their further steps. And then in my opinion, click rate is your most important metric. So that is the percentage of people from how many people got delivered, the percentage of people that clicked through, that is your click rate. It's typically anywhere between kind of two and 5%. So it's not huge, but that is really a metric of, how successful your email was like and that's down to things like the copy the content the design the products the subject line the imagery all of those factors tie into click rate and the reason I always say click rate is more important than conversion rate so how many people bought from the email is you will sometimes want to send emails which are more about brand building telling stories building community content-led emails They should still have a healthy click rate, but they're probably not going to have a great conversion rate. And that's okay. Click rate should always be strong, though, regardless of what's in the email. And the different types of email that you can send, campaigns, newsletters, what should a business have? Yeah, so... I think the word newsletter is used when potentially what we just mean is actually you're creating an email and you're sending it out. So in, I mainly use Klaviyo as an email tool. In Klaviyo, those are called campaigns. Some people call them trade emails. Some people call them broadcast emails. 
all they are is you creating an email and sending it manually. And then on the other side of the coin, we have your automations, which are also called triggered emails or flow emails, which are like the abandoned cart. So ideally, you've got both of these in place because your campaigns are keeping you top of mind and your flows are then responding to whatever the user is doing once they get to your site. And then in terms of types of campaigns, yes, you might have some different kind of templates that you use underneath that. So one could be a new season launch or a new product launch. One could be a new in, which is more like a kind of product grid. One could be more of a kind of content or brand template. So some brands like to have kind of multiple templates that they work with under that newsletter um, or campaign um, umbrella. But I think really it's, it's about a mix and it's about seeing what works for your customers. You want to kind of be talking to them regularly, staying top of mind and inspiring them to click through and engage with your website and shop. And speaking of inspiring them to click through and to open, what are your tips on how you can optimize that? Yes. So I think the first one, which some people don't necessarily focus on, but it's so important is to remember that most people are going to be looking at your email on a mobile device. So please, please, when you're kind of creating your email and finessing it, think about that and look at the mobile version as you're building it. And most good email tools now you can toggle between the desktop and mobile and make sure it looks really good on mobile. Obviously, you need engaging imagery and you can also include GIFs in email. So that can really help to kind of bring your product to life and inspire the recipient to click through. Bold call to action buttons are really important. A lot of these rules kind of apply to both product detail pages on a website and email, actually. Sometimes people will just open an email and look for a button to click on and they won't read anything and they won't look at anything else. They're literally just looking for that button. So I always recommend you try and include a button that sits above the scroll on mobile. So if you can fit in, you know, a top image, a little bit of copy and a button, and then whatever happens underneath that can be varied. But I think those are really important things to try and include in that that top screen. Don't be afraid to include multiple call to action buttons, you know, definitely have one at the bottom of the email always, so they don't have to scroll all the way back up to the top. On the whole, focus on one key theme, For each email, you don't want to try and tell five different stories um, because people will just get confused with too much choice and not know what to click on. And obviously products are really important as well. So including click-throughs to products to get them deeper into your site. Those are the kind of main things that you need for an effective email. So many great tips and (laughs) words of advice there. How can people work with you and where can they find you? Yeah, there's a few different ways. So the most kind of quick and easy ways to have what I call an empowered email session. So this is an hour Zoom call with me where I give tons of best practice along the lines of what I talked about today. So how to optimize your open rates, how to write effective subject lines, what kind of automations you should have for your business. So that's an hour session. The other ways are an audit. So I can come in and audit what you've already got going on in terms of your email marketing. So that's really useful if You know, you've got some flows, you're sending some campaigns, but you're not really sure if you're doing the best that you could. And I will go through everything with a really fine tooth comb and give you a very clear strategy for optimizing that going forward. And then you can take that away and do that yourself. Or if I do all of that for you afterwards, that's called the full works. So I take all the heavy lifting out of the process. I literally kind of copyright, build, test, launch your flows for you. 
I create your segments for you and then we check in after 30 days of support and I'll give you that kind of first month's performance review so we can see how quick your return on investment has been. From there, lots of clients go away and kind of run it themselves and they might come back every quarter for another kind of check-in. And then I'm also launching a new service this year from kind of clients' requests to me, which is a fully managed service. So if you actually want to hand over everything and say, Hannah, I want you to also plan and send my, you know, bi-weekly campaigns and do absolutely everything, I can now manage that for you. So yeah, there's lots of different levels depending on what works for your business. And where can people find you? Yes, yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn at Hannah Spicer underscore consulting. And my website is hspicerconsulting.com. And you're on Instagram as well. You've got some um, great Instagram tips and advice and resources there as well uh, that, you, that you often promote, don't you? Yes, please follow me because I do. Yeah, I do try and share lots of useful content too. No, 100%. That's where I first found you. And I was like, this is a lady that I need to speak to. So <laughs> thank you so much for being a great guest. I will be oh, back again. You next week and if you've enjoyed this episode then please feel free to go and leave a review on apple and so that more people can find the podcast i'll be back again next week and thanks very much for listening thank you for listening to this week's episode of start scale succeed if you've enjoyed today i would love for you to leave a review and i will see you again next week if you'd like to hear more from me your host nicole higgins you can follow me on instagram at the buying retail coach check out my website www.buyingretailcoach.com or find me on LinkedIn. All the links are below in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Step, for lots of helpful tips and advice.